Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Garfield to his Odie, Michael Howard. I hate you. I'm going to smother you in lasagna. I Wait, other way around. Other way I around. Hate, I hate Mondays. Well, I, actually, I love you because I'm Odie. I forgot who I was in, in your... Yeah, you love me, but I hate you, but not as much as I hate Mondays. Man. Well, good thing tomorrow Sunday. is a Monday, Monday. Monday after a very long holiday weekend. I have not done anything... Well, I've done a lot of stuff, but I have not left my house in like four days, and it's amazing, Kush. That sounds really fucking cool. Why don't you brag mm-hmm. about it? I was oh, away I from my home for... A solid seven days, and mm. then I had to sit in the car for 11 hours yesterday, so <laughs> that was fun times. Mm. And unlike on the trip down to Florida, I had my dog in the car, and she was farting the whole time. <laughs> so, you know, it was pretty good. That sounds pretty terrific, actually. Yeah. I did how, have... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll say, how else was your Thanksgiving? Um, you a lot of delicious food. Some delicious food, some delicious, delicious family drama, all the good stuff. Uh, but I think most importantly, Michael, this is going to surprise you. I, I was pretty taken aback by it. Um, Sports Illustrated called me and said that they wanted me to be their cover model for this oh, year. Well, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. be their cover model. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, hey, Sports Illustrated, that's great. I think it's time that you incorporate the female gaze into your magazine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But probably isn't good enough for me. And I don't really want to do a photo shoot or an interview. I just want to be the good, good cover model for you. Uh-huh. They said probably. that was for the podcasters who look like cops mm-hmm. uh, issue yeah. they were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. OK. But in swimsuits also. In very, swimsuits. Very obviously, important. Yes. Very important. But they said probably I would be the cover model. Probably. Um, they wanted and... to get a look at your good, good junk first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See yeah. what kind of heat I was packing as a mm-hmm. 1970s cop. Um but I said no, probably wasn't good enough. So no, that's uh, I mean, thanks, but no you. thanks, Sports Illustrated. Give me give me it all or nothing. I don't want Yeah. We're not gonna play this game. Yeah. Did you have anything cool happen to you, Michael? Um yeah. I mean HGTV magazine called me and they said that they were really? probably gonna have me be their cover model, but huh. they were like, We don't know if you look like a house or a oh. garden. Damn it. So we probably will have to look into that first. And I was like, nah, nah. Don't. Fuck you. If you if you don't trust me to look like a house and or a garden. Yeah. Fuck you. Then fuck you. You know my bona fides. Mm-hmm. My name. And that's pretty <laughs> much it. It's all you need. Fuck you. I'm a house. Mm-hmm. I'll be a house. I can be whatever house you want me to be, but only if you give me it right off the bat. Yeah. Wow, Michael. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's pretty mm-hmm. upsetting. Field in the stream called me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, what do you got going on for me this week? Uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff. Got you got you got a I lot got in the so hopper, much huh? stuff that I don't know where to go. Kush, man, that's I mean, given that we re- like our last episode only came out four days ago, and we're recording this pretty early. That that's a pretty good feeling. We're spoiled yeah. for choice. I mean, a lot of stuff happened over the, the Thanksgiving holiday or things that I just ha- actually I just had a lot of time. Yeah. To just actually... look at things. <laughs> that's kind of the main issue. Yeah, I did. Uh, to I did really spend a lot of time avoiding my family and just buried on the Internet, which was pretty nice. I, how about we start with the worst dear prudence ever? That does sound very nice because I just came off. I assume it's something family related. It's um, about Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Sign so, me up. You know. All right. Well, here's the question. 
dreading an off awkward Thanksgiving. One of the highlights of our Thanksgivings is when my wife brings the turkey to the table wearing a Mrs. Claus costume, which is kind of weird because yeah. it's like kind of mixing holidays, but whatever. She has done it for years and the table is always full of smiles. A couple weeks ago, I accidentally walked in on my daughter and her boyfriend and he was wearing the Mrs. Claus costume. <laughs> I haven't told my wife because she would freak, but I have talked to my daughter. I'm not upset with her being active. She's 17 now. But I am losing sleep thinking about how tense Thursday will be when my wife brings out the turkey, since he will be with us, especially if I have a bit too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> this so he was wearing the costume, Kush. That's actually full, fully incredible. Right? Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, I am going to get to a family anecdote of the Cushing household in a moment. <laughs> oh, but- boy. That's such a ballsy move for, I assume, another 17-year-old, like the 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 man in the situation, uh, who's wearing the Mrs. Claus costume. Right. Yes. If you know you're going to be at Thanksgiving dinner, and mm-hmm. I guess there's a couple different routes here. He'd either been to Thanksgiving before mm-hmm. and had seen the mom in this Mrs. Claus costume and been like, hey, you know what would be really funny? <laughs> if I got in this thing and fucked you. Or the daughter knew about it. She has to know. I mean, the daughter knows about it for sure. Daughter knows about it. Hates her mother. (laughs) It's like, you know what would be great? If I could hate fuck you in this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it has so many... There's so many issues here. A lot of wrinkles. I can't figure out who has the, the biggest issue. Well, the first thing is that, like, the Mrs. Claus costume at Thanksgiving is fucking weird. Right, yeah. because it's like if you bring the turkey to the table wearing the Claus costume, that means you eat Thanksgiving dinner Dresses in the Claus, Claus costume. Yeah, like you don't go change out and then come back in your Thanksgiving outfit. So that means they just have a fully costumed Mrs. Claus eating Thanksgiving. And, and dinner the thing is, them. now though, I'm kind of picturing it's a sexy Mrs. Claus because like you're not wearing because like my dad used to like have like a full on Santa suit with like mm-hmm. a big belly that he would like put in it like. This like it, it, this is utilitarian. This is for din- like Thanksgiving dinner. I'm assuming it's a like, kind of like a light and sexy Mrs. Claus costume. <laughs> Particularly if they were going to wear it during sex. Someone yes. was going to wear it. So that's even more upsetting that your moms were just getting a sexy Mrs. Claus brought to the table. Right. And then and then the daughter was like, "You know what would be great? Is you if you put on this sexy Mrs. Claus costume, that my mom wears for Thanksgiving dinner, and you you fuck me in it. Mm-hmm. That would be terrific for me and you. And then we get to go sit at dinner and watch her. my mom in the same costume that I just got fucked just by you in. Carving the good bird next to my grandma. My uncle's over there saying some sort of racist shit. <laughs> but you and I know <laughs> that we fucked in my my mom's outfit. But now you and I know, mm-hmm. and also my dad. And now who, my dad knows. Who has no problem with walking in on us together, which is fine. That's very progressive of him. Great dad. Good dad. But his problem is that I was wearing a Mrs. Claus, or that you were wearing a Mrs. Claus costume. And not because it's a Mrs. Claus costume and you're a boy. He's very progressive. He doesn't care about that. No. What he cares about is that he's he going to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Not even that he has to see it. He's going to get drunk, especially if I have a bit too much to drink. So he's going to get drunk and he's going to say something about... The best part about this is that she's going to be wearing this costume for hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
he's going to see it sober. Yep. And presumably he would have been drinking nonstop throughout the day anyway. But now that thought's going to be needling him <laughs> throughout the entirety of the day. I need a follow-up question. I need a follow-up answer to this question because yeah. I need to know what happened. Because there is no world in which this man did not blurt out this deep, dark secret. And also, can, Michael, can I say this? She left the door unlocked on purpose, right? I mean, <laughs> you have to. Because, like, you don't have sex with your significant other at 17 years old in a place where your parents are without locking the door. Especially while... He- your your boyfriend is in the Mrs. Claus costume. In your mom's Mrs. Claus costume, very importantly. You have so, to include that. I need to know so much more about this Mrs. Claus costume because that shit is not machine washable. <laughs> like those those Santa costumes and like if they're made out of the same shit as like the Santa costume at the mall or like the stockings, like you that's dry clean only, right? Dry clean only, yeah. And there is no way that these 17 year olds took this shit to dry cleaners. No, it it 100% still contains this young man's butt stank, his sweat, (laughs) and probably some mixture of fluids that... Oh, wait, here's... Oh, God, here's what I want to know, though. Here's what I want to know. Something, something, turkey baster joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that turkey's not the only thing that got basted in this costume. How... What was the reaction of everyone involved when the dad walked in on this scene? His daughter getting porked by Mrs. Claus. Like, did he was just like, oh, my God. And then he left. And then later on, he was like, was he wearing a fucking Mrs. Claus costume? Or was he like, or did he walked stop? in and he busted? And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are Devin? you wearing my wife's fucking costume? Yeah, that would have been grounds for like. A discussion at that point. Like, I would not be comfortable staying in that room, but it grounds for a discussion. It also lends me to believe that there's another element here that Dad did not include in this story. I'm just going to assume she was dressed as a reindeer or some shit. Ooh. Or or Mr. Claus? A.K.A. A- Santa? Yeah, A.K.A. Chris Kringle. Yeah. She was in a full beard? Man, this just... Yeah, it's, it's weird because we are talking about a 17-year-old, and I don't like this. Um... We can well, we're not that talking out. about that's true. We are. We did veer into the 17-year-old territory, and let's let's go back to the dad. Yeah, the dad is the important he, part here. I think he's the star of this story and also the protagonist and antagonist. He is everything in this story. I mean, he's definitely the only one with a dramatic arc. And I hate that I don't know how it ends. <laughs> I don't even know the denouement. I have to assume I even this uh, important questions. I want to know what his drink of choice was. Did he drink with this knowledge in mind? Because if he's drinking that hard brown, mm-hmm. this story is coming out at the table, like maybe immediately after Grace. If he's drinking red wine, maybe it, maybe it waits. Maybe he makes it through the night. I don't think so. There is no way. There is no way. If he's drinking Coors Light, maybe it makes it. <laughs> maybe it makes it through the night. If, there, if, he's, if he's pounding just like butt heavies. Hmm. Then he ended up throwing that turkey through the fucking window and screaming, Mrs. Claus! You know what's gotta suck, though? Hmm. I bet he's fucked her in the Mrs. Claus costume before. Right? Like, there's no, yeah, of course he has. Like, they've definitely had good Thanksgiving sex. Just tryptophan sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. Michael, I think it's time for me to tell a family secret. <laughs> Another one? Yeah. So, um, wait, your family is involved with the drug 
queen pin of South Florida. Yeah. Uh, um, your dad likes to Donald duck it and has yeah. a great bachelor party story that he'll never tell us. Oh, what else do we got? What else do we got? So, Michael, have you been to my parents' house? Uh, yes, I was there once. Was it near the holidays? I think it might have been, actually. We were coming back from a cruise. Okay, so maybe not. So I think it was actually like spring break time. <laughs> I'm weighing in my mind whether or not I should share this because <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, you have to now. Yeah, so Michael, in in our living room, mm-hmm. like right on the, uh, we have kitchen goes into the living room. Christmas tree goes in the living room. You know, all the stockings in there. But there's a special stocking that hangs on the wall right next to the kitchen that leads down to the bedrooms, uh, in the hallway that leads to our bedrooms. It's about a four and a half foot high stocking. And it says, Merry Christmas, Michael, on it. Michael being my father's name, obviously. Um, it's, it's a nice thing. It's, it gets put up every year. I, you know, I just, it's been a tenant of my childhood. It's a four foot long stocking, though. It's about a four and a half foot, like, tall. Like, it just, it hangs pretty well on the wall. It's just, it's just there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Merry Christmas, Michael. It was about, man, how old was I? Maybe 21. When I found out that the first Christmas that that stocking debuted, it contained my mother <laughs> as a gift to my father. Oh, and that hangs as a monument to my parents. Just horrible, horrible conquests over each other. <laughs> every every American Christmas, just on my wall next to the kitchen, ne- next to where I open all my good prezzies. How many times do you think they've recreated that first Christmas? Oh, God, I, can't, I have to imagine it's none. But that's just, you know. My own Wishful good. thinking? Yes, that's what I, I can't even think straight. It's just, ugh. I'm, I'm that upset about it. <laughs> that's just like your, your parents' little inside joke for you guys as you were opening your presents. Yeah, but they told us. But not until you were 21. They told us when it, when it was guaranteed to mess with all of us to the appropriate degree. Like, they yeah. waited the right amount of time. <laughs> like... Had these had these young kids not been caught, this would have been a great story when the mom went to hand down the Mrs. Claus costumes mm. like, hey, this is this is yours now. You're you're the head of you're the matron of Thanksgiving. Oh, guess what? I fucked my boyfriend in it, but he was wearing it <laughs> way back when. <laughs> Dude, I kinda so, wanna know what other kind of weird shit there no, I don't. Definitely do not. Michael, hundred thousand percent your parents have done some weird stuff with like Beloved childhood belongings of yours. Uh, yeah, that's probably. Do you have a fa- true. Do you have a favorite God. blanket when you were a kid? Your parents uh, fucked on it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Your dad wiped his dick on it. No, no doubts about it. <laughs> that happened. Hmm. Well then. A- anyway, Michael, you got any cool stories? For me? <laughs> um, I'm just gonna drink a little bit more real quick. Yep. 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 um can i tell you a little story about a garden gnome i insist that you do so we've talked about garden gnomes a couple times a time or two being stolen and traded for meth Mm -hmm. i have Um, i have one on my uh, balcony now exactly have you ever stopped to wonder where 
the idea of a garden gnome came from? Uh, Harry Potter, I believe. They were actual little gnomes that you had to pull out of the ground and throw into oblivion. Yeah, but I, I think they existed well before Harry Potter. No, J.K. Rowling pretty much invented them, Michael. <laughs> That's pretty cut and dry history. <laughs> well, apparently, back in the 18th century, wealthy estate owners would hire real people to dress as druids and hang out in their gardens. Okay, so mm-hmm. they would, rich people, mm-hmm. Yep, would pay poor people Yep, to dress up as Celtic nature monks. <laughs> yes, they'd hire them to dress as druids, grow their hair long, and not wash for years. Years. They would lodge in shacks, caves, and other hermitages constructed in a rustic manner in rambling gardens. Uh, what was the uh, the reason behind this? They just wanted props? <laughs> Basically, it started, apparently it started with the Roman Emperor uh, Hadrian. Yeah, sure. Built that good and, wall. Yeah, so he had he had this little garden that he built that had a small lake that had a structure that was built for one person. Um, and it, he decided that it wasn't enough to just have like this lake that looked like it was like a tiny little lake for a tiny little person to live in. Um, he actually, had he to actually have a needed a person to live in it. Okay. Uh, and so apparently someone picked up this this tradition and decided that, uh, you know, rich people just needed to have some, some gnomes in their yards. So to be fair to Hadrian, there probably were actual druids at the time living there. Probably. So he just had a druid come to town and live in his little lake house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then rich assholes were like, oh, I want to be a Roman emperor. And yes. Like, okay. It was basically like, it started, I, I guess, as they think religious devotees for like sure. popes um, and stuff like that. So, but then the rich people were like, you know what? I kind of want to be a pope, but like without all the piousness. Yeah. So they uh, would just hire fake druids. Yeah. To- yeah. Is that the best? So the druids had to live there and just not bathe for some fucking reason and just be at that house all the time? Like they Were they allowed to leave or? As Campbell cites from an advertisement, probably advertisement. Since we're Ad- talking advertisement, about sure, yeah. yes. Reference in Sir William Gell's A Tour in the Lakes um, from 1797. Quote, the hermit is never to leave the place or hold conversation with anyone for seven years during which he is neither to wash himself or cleanse himself in any way whatever, but is to huh. let his hair and nails both on hands and feet grow as long as nature will permit them. Okay, I was going to say this sounds like a pretty chill hang but now it's become pretty gruesome and i don't actually care for it um because shit like the <laughs> thought of just staying in a house that someone's paying me for like if i had a nintendo switch in there i'd be fine yeah but this was in the 1700s and there's no have, nintendo switch they did not have that good good switch mm-hmm. um wow that sounds again though it still sounds kind of chill like it, what's what kind of rates were you getting there does it include payment terms Oh, man. You know, there it, it doesn't include payment terms, but I'm assuming that it was probably just like you don't get taxed since and actually, they were like the nobles. I got to tell you, you know, wow, what a what a this guy looks like the fucking thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, I will say the thing that does it for me, the reason I would never do this, you're not allowed to clip your fingernails hmm. and you have to let them grow or toenails. Yeah, no, that's just, 
No, I, I see what my dog has to go through because she won't let me clip her nails and they just crack in half in weird places. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to go through that. No, thank you. <laughs> I will say there's a modern day version of this that happens in South Florida, like Prud- and I assume wherever rich people gather, um, they don't have to just like they get paid very well. But uh, one time when I worked for my dad, who you know he owns the pool company, uh, I went to clean a pool out on Palm Beach. Uh, front half of the house was about. 40 yards from the ocean back half of the house, like led out to the intracoastal and I was cleaning the pool. And I got to talking to the gardener there who was just on the site. And he told me that he gets paid $95,000 a year to live at the house and take care of the grounds. And the owners of the home are there for one weekend a year. $95,000 to make and sure the house looks good. And he lives in what I assume is quite the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> and for 51 weeks a year it's just his house basically and he did he got to clip his nails he got to shower he got to wash his balls he didn't have to smell like a dumpster fire yeah that's a much better version of this mm-hmm. all things considered this guy has it going on and i met at least three people like that similar sort of like people have houses in south florida that they visit like twice a year for a couple weeks and they have people who are just there to tend the house I want that job. God, that sounds amazing. Like, what's kind of funny, though, is that most people would be like, man, I want to be so rich that I could have people who work for me like that. But you're like, nah, I want I want the job that the rich people give you where you don't have to do as much stuff and they pay you like $100,000 a year. I'll fucking trim some hedges the day before you get home. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll do that. No problem. Uh, can we rewind? I'm going to rewind to the garden gnomes for a second yes. because I assume this is one of the like middle class people trying to like pretend that they're upper class. It's like I can't hire an actual human druid to cast spells and like summon beasts into my backyard. I can't have a plaster small version of that defend my yard. I I I want to know how they progress from owning a human being for seven years and not letting him tend to himself to a small piece of shit well, with a beard. Yeah, I mean, I guess eventually people were like, "You can't just have these people," and you're like, you basically are just paying like a vagrant, or not yeah. even paying. Maybe I don't know what they're doing. Like giving your just giving them food every once in a while to live in your yard and it smells really bad because you don't let them bathe that's very important but is this like is this where the idea of like gnomes in general came from or were there gnomes before this i have to assume there is there were gnomes in folklore beforehand and maybe it just kind of got blended together just like oh yeah these stink people that live in my (laughs) yard i'm gonna make a tiny version of them and then occasionally i'll throw them out after they get very bored with them because they (laughs) smell so bad i was gonna say because that gives a whole new meaning to like david the gnome the tv Mm -hmm. show if they were just like hermits who lived in english people's gardens and weren't allowed to bathe or cut their toenails yeah, it's also such a subversion of like what druids were. It's just like, hey, we want a mystical nature person. I basically want to turn a human being into Sasquatch because that's what I assume <laughs> druids are. It's like, yeah, no. rich mm. people. Fuck. And yeah. once again, I would, I would take this job, given the caveat that I can't clip my nails, and and I get a Nintendo Switch. I need that <laughs> Switchy, Michael. You know, I need that Switch. <laughs> so basically you want this to come back 
you want you want ornamental garden hermits to come back and you would like to be one kind of man yeah if i can bring my my books just in my in my little hut i'm fine yeah your books and a, and a nintendo switch. and a, gotta have that switch you know i need that switch michael <laughs> Is that wrong? Am I so wrong to want that? I feel like you're just, uh, you're aiming very low. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> what part of this podcast has ever led you to believe that I wouldn't aim for the lowest possible effort and the highest possible pay? And that Nintendo Switch, I can't stress that enough. I need uh, that uh, Switch. Speaking of which, would they, they would need to allow you to have your podcasting equipment in there, too, because you need to record from the Hermitage. Can you imagine what my like buck wild theories on life would become? If, oh my god! Because I, I wouldn't have the internet. All I would have is that good Nintendo Switch. I just realized that the na- the word Hermitage comes from hermits and like her- where hermits live. Yeah, I didn't wow. get that. <laughs> there's Took a, a minute. There's a street. Well, the problem is there's a street here in Chicago called Hermitage. Uh, which I just was like, oh, it's it's a street name, and then and they were talking about Hermitage. I was like, oh, okay, Hermitage must mean a place where people live. Oh no, it's a place where hermits live. It's also kind of wild because isn't that, that the name of like Andrew Jackson's fucking house? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I think like Hermitage is also like a luxury thing, where you can just be a hermit and never have to leave your house. Again, it sounds pretty fucking dope. That does sound pretty great. I was basically living in a hermitage for the past four days, and it was pretty amazing. Here's a question. Did you shower or clip your toenails? I did today. Yeah, okay. It took you, <laughs> five, it took you four days, though, right? <laughs> no, we showered We showered for Thanksgiving Day, because that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta dress up. Because you can't put on the Mrs. Claus costume with dirt, exactly. dirty skin. Exactly, because yeah. then I have to take it to the dry cleaner too many times, and... They're closed on the Thanksgiving weekend, and yeah, it's just a thing. And you don't want you don't want that stuff to set in there. No, exactly. thank you. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I served my ham on Thanksgiving. Oh, if you know man. what I mean. Oh yeah, I do. I know what you mean. Nasty. <laughs> what do you What do you got for me, Kush? I don't really have any. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sorry. I uh, apparently it's Miss Universe is going on right now. Oh, and boy. I clicked on the hashtag Miss Universe and I scrolled down and there's just some lady's butt, naked butt, with a video that just says, a girl gets naked, all caps, in public, uh, hashtag Miss Universe. I, I get it. She yeah. must be the Uranus of Miss Universe. Aha! I see what you did there. Was um, it? What, did it have anything to do with the woman who got like jeans and a, and a shirt painted on her and then went to the mall? Now, Michael, this was very clearly a porno, a pornographic video. That uh, was okay. just uh, uh-huh. someone just decided to post so, that on the old Twitter T line. So he decided to tag it with Miss Universe. Mm-hmm. You I mean, got to get that SEO. Yeah, you, you got to SEO the shit out of your hashtags, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Michael. Let's see, man. So, Michael, speaking of things that rich people have. That sometimes middle class or poor people want. Do you ever think of things that middle class people have that rich people want? Mm. You know, like happiness and like fulfillment. Yes, yeah, a sense of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I can't imagine. I mean, when they talk about really rich people, they they say they want they don't want for for much. Right. But so they have all that money. Want? Right. And you got to spend buy. it. You got to spend it on something. Like you know? rollerblades, maybe? Well, Michael. I've never seen a rich person on rollerblades. That's, Michael, that's because how do they get rich? By not spending money on fucking idiot things mm, like rollerblades. That's a good point. No, Michael, you want to know what they spend it on? Hmm. The new Tiffany & Co.'s everyday object line, which includes a $1,000 tin can. A tin tin can? A tin can. Um, Like to put things in? Yeah, like just like a can. Like you put your cranberry sauce in there or your soups or, you know, sundries. <laughs> or your, so, your spam. Sorry, your spam. It, oh, is it, it's a tin can. Is it for food or is it for, does it look like you would put like jewelry in it? No, my God, it's it a like fucking for canning. Tin, it's a tin can. So for but, like canning. But actually, can I, I do have to stress this. It is Actually, sterling silver and vermeil uh, with Tiffany blue enamel accent. Well, instantly recognizable. Instantly recognize. Oh, that's the new Tiffany tin can. Yeah, it's a Tiffany the tin Tiffany can. can, if you will. So instantly recognizable. The signature Tiffany blue hue of this designer's enamel accent has been iconic as long as the brand itself. Um, so a thousand dollar tin can, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you ever lose your place in a book? Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes I don't know where in my Kindle I am because who the fuck uses a real book anymore? It's well, Michael, 2017, weirdos. What, first of all, eat a thousand dicks. <laughs> um, what if I could tell you that you could jab a $1,500 solid gold paperclip directly through your Kindle to mark your place in your book? Oh. Tiffany's that would go very that. well with my uh, $10,000 solid gold and platinum kindle that i have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that michael what if i told you i would sell you a paper cup for 95 dollars please tell With, me it is not at all reusable uh i mean it's a paper cup it's a set of two do not microwave it but it is dishwasher safe which i don't really understand how that works because it is a paper cup where did it's <laughs> Oh, it's a, po- a oh, bone it's actually, it's China bo- paper bone cup. Bone China paper cup. It says oh. Tiffany and Co. on it. Um, what is, ba- is what do- kind of bone is bone China made out of? Uh, probably dog. Dog probably, bone? I, yeah, because it's probably dog. And actually, you know what? For $95, it's human bones. It's the bones of poor people. <laughs> oh, my God, though. That Tiffany actually killed herself. Michael Cushing. Mm-hmm. They have a fucking solid gold crazy straw, though. Mm-hmm. For 350 yeah. bucks. Now, that is worth it. Yeah. No, I know. I have two already, so it's not worth it for me. Because <laughs> you already have enough. I just like that, like, why would you buy an unadorned tin can, sterling silver, with apparently bronze, ugh, how gauche, inlay, um, with a single line of Tiffany blue enamel down the side? Like, who are you actually trying to impress with that? Because anyone at first glance is gonna be like, "Oh, you have a tin can? You eat, did you eat Campbell's soup this afternoon? You peasant!" Like, no, no, no. It's actually my. I bought an iPhone X, and they gave me this tin can instead. Fuck. <laughs> I just don't understand what who you're trying to impress here. I mean, you're trying to impress people who didn't who didn't know this existed. Clearly. <laughs> but the thing is, as soon as someone else sees your Tiffany thousand dollar tin can that makes your tin can much less impressive 
Also, I have a million tin cans. I had too many ocean spray cranberry sauces for at dinner this week. <laughs> I have cans. I can spray some bronze paint in there and spruce it up a little bit. It bothers me that they call that stuff cranberry sauce because sauce should not be able to be cut with a knife. <laughs> I mean, look. It also shouldn't be that horribly acidic and yeah. bitter somehow. It's... What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that shit when I was a kid. Uh, but it it's disturbing it's now bad. that I'm an adult and I've had to actually open the can and squeeze it out and then cut it into slices. You just like smack it out of there. And somehow it's worse when there's like the whole cranberries in there still, mm. like when it's the jelly and you're just like, yeah. it's like pretending to be natural, but it's still bad. Yeah. Michael, how about a $425 protractor? I was just looking at that. You know, for when you have to do your theorems and proofs. <laughs> <laughs> QED professor <laughs> um yeah the, there's legos there's a $1500 set of 10 lego blocks the most sensible thing on here is the $300 yo-yo i was going to say the $385 harmonica but yo-yo would work too i like guess like the yo-yo i can like honest i mean you can get a yo-yo for 4 cents anywhere mm-hmm. but that's the only one that has like some sort of like appeal to me. It's got American walnut, Michael. You don't you don't see that on a, a four cent yo yo every day. I'll say that much. There is a golf tee, a sterling silver golf tee. Yeah. Can you imagine you... being so rich that you pull out a hundred and seventy five dollar golf tee to tee off? The thing that breaks uh-huh. nine times out of ten on every <laughs> swing. That's because it's made out of shitty wood or plastic or some shit. This yeah, you know sterling what's not silver. You know it's not particularly uh what tensile? What it doesn't have a particularly high tensile strength? It's silver. Silver's very soft if it's pure silver. Yes. Yes. But, yes. But the, yes. The $9,000 ball of yarn is also pretty bad. <laughs> it's just bad. Man, it's sterling yeah. silver yarn though. Imagine the sweater you could make with that. It'd be the itchiest thing ever. That's actually like everything in here is sterling silver, like the bottle opener, the the wine, like the corkscrew, like all of these are oh, doing like kind of heavy duty I get jobs. It. You're gonna break it badly. I get it now, Kush. Yeah, Mister Tiffany, James James T. Tiffany, mm-hmm. founder of oh. Tiffany. Yes, uh, he accidentally came into a lot of silver. It's <laughs> like fuck. There is no way we're gonna sell enough jewelry to get rid of all of this sterling silver before it goes bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just started making literally anything he saw. He was he was in an office and he was like, "Oh, we make that thing out of sterling silver. Oh, a letter opener. Let's make that." And then he was like eating ice cream and it was like, "Oh, an ice cream scooper. Yes, <laughs> ping pong paddles. Everything out of sterling silver. Sign me up." I will. Say, so actually, there's man. Okay, the twenty four hundred dollar putter also pretty pretty buck wild um so and that's one thing, probably not a good putter no probably a very bad putter um so the two things that so one one thing i'm not surprised to see on here and actually i i will amend my statement i think the best item on here is the sterling silver hourglass with american walnut base and the tiffany blue sand inside i mean that's just For, for that's $650, it looks pretty choice. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. The thing I can't... I don't know why I'm not seeing, Michael. I hope you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Where's my sterling silver butt plug? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see. Somebody's already cornered the market on that. But it's not a Tiffany and Custer and Silver true. Buckley. True. God, it would come in like a nice blue box and everything. Michael, they don't have that sex appeal, mm-hmm. which you know I'm all about. You know, here's the thing is I don't think these objects... Actually, you know what? I don't think Tiffany in general um, is for like real rich people. No, it's for... It's for people me. who want to put out the air of a rich person without any of the possible taste or design aspects or being able to hire someone with taste and design aspects to buy something. That's actually a great point because even in their in the everyday objects uh, image they have here, the header image, do you do you happen to see what's resting inside of the the tin can, Michael? The the pencils? That's right, pencils. Mm-hmm. Poor people pens. Mm-hmm. There's no Montblanc. Other fancy pen name? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> other, <laughs> other fancy pen? Yeah. Good God. Who is playing lacrosse upstairs for me? God. Did you notice that there are exactly 69 everyday objects? Nice. Yeah. I did. That's I probably did why they don't that. have the butt plug, because it would have been 70. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I would probably have lost the sterling silver Chinese food pillbox <laughs> and put the butt plug on there. That's just me. But, uh, <laughs> hey. Or the fish flask. Or the Elsie Peretti card case in sterling silver on a leather cord, which appears that you're supposed to wear it around your neck and put a card in it? I do, Michael. When I when I give my business card to someone, I like to pull it from a locket around my neck like I'm imparting some sort of like hidden family jewel or a mm, treasure map from National Treasure. It makes that, it seem more important. Yes, it's... I keep this close to my heart. It's my most valuable possession. It is my LinkedIn uh, address and my email. So please use this responsibly. It leads to great treasure, which is my connection on LinkedIn. Can somebody tell me what a bicycle clip is? It's a it's a clip for your bicycle? I literally could not even begin to... Michael, the point is I want to be rich so I can stay rich by not spending money on this shit. Oh, they're bi- they're clips that you put around your pants to like hold uh, hold your pants from getting in your. Okay, this is definitely not for rich people. Rich people aren't riding goddamn bicycles to work to work. or some shit where they're wearing work pants. No, they're wearing their bicycling pants. <laughs> I'm wearing my pay someone to bicycle for me pants. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the back seat of the bicycle and read the newspaper. Well, Michael, I think after having talked about this, uh, I think it's time for sponsored content. Sponsored content. Which I realized after listening back and editing this was that it's just The Simpsons, but said sponsored content, which I think is perfect. I'm fully okay with that. Mm -hmm. Michael, do you have a first sponsor for us this week? Uh, Yes, I do. Um, Our first sponsor is... uh, well, you know what? I'll, I'll start off by describing it a little bit. So, you know, have you ever really wanted a snackle of some sort? But like, mm. you know, you have to choose between stuff that is just, uh, you know, either fatty mm, and just gross. not good for you or it tastes like cardboard. And, you know, you're like, who picked this stuff? Who picked this out for me? Chester Cheeto. No, yeah, thanks. Who, who curated this? Like, I don't know the person who curated this. Unless it's curated by one of my favorite wrestlers, Ooh. I don't want it. Well, along comes Nature Boy Box. Snacks Woo! delivered 
to you, curated by Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Coming in real hot on that woo. <laughs> Michael, what kind of snacks can I expect from Nature Boy Box? Oh, that's a good question. I believe it's just Slim Jims that he stole from <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> it's actually just he hoarded them for, from like 1992 that he stole from Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Apparently, um, <clears throat> there was a uh, a 30 for 30 on Ric Flair. And for it, the Undertaker brewed coffee and had snacks for the Nature Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. Uh, apparently he does something called the knife chop, so you can get knife chopped, uh... Tender bites of delicious pork and steak Mm -hmm. sent directly to your mouth, uncooked. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I want to know what the Undertaker cooked for Ric Flair, but I won't tell me. Curses. Well, Michael, do you want to know who our second, uh, sponsor this week is? Yes. Are you a fan of the theater? Ooh, I love it. Of love musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Hamilton well, Michael, was great. Well, it's funny that you should mention that, Michael. We are actually sponsored by the hit musical that everyone wants to see, written by me. It's a little bit of an off-Broadway sort of situation so called like, Hamilton. 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 Wow. Yeah, it is actually the story of Hamilton Ham Porter from The Sandlot after oh. he grows up and goes on to good, good things. Okay, that's great. Well, you said off Broadway, so it's like it's like one street off of Broadway in New York that I it's can a see. Couple, it? It's a couple. It's more of a. Um, it's a couple blocks couple, off Broadway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, kind of a midtown Atlanta sort of thing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, just more of a sidewalks. Yeah, so like the theater district in in midtown Atlanta. Yeah, like a, like a couple blocks from from that. Oh yeah, then, okay. And then I'm on the the corner singing all those good Hamilton Ham Porter songs. Uh, okay. The first song is "If My Dog Was As Ugly As You, I'd Shave His Butt and Make Him Walk Backwards." It's a long title. I'm working on it. How would how would that go? Could you could you sing us a few bars just to get us wet our appetite, if you will? It's really more of I, I you need you do need to buy a ticket to get uh, get a taste. Uh, okay. I, I can't just break off a piece here, Michael. <laughs> My voice, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you haven't prepared and, and gargled no. your lemon juice and whatnot. No, that you no. Have to do. But it is the hit musical sensation that everyone's talking about. Um, unsung hero of the Sandlot. Everyone knows that. Uh, love that high heart stuff. Can't get enough. Um, he does ruin the game every once in a while, though. That That's Ham true. Porter. That's true. Yeah. Does he, who plays Hamilton Ham Porter in this? Um, actually, reprising his role um, from the movie. Wow. Yeah, in his first credited role since The Sandlot. Holy uh, shit, that's amazing. You got him? Yeah, Patrick Renna. He came back. Damn. Um, yeah, he's he's reprising his role. He was also in Salute Your Shorts. We were lucky enough to get him. But uh, yeah, he's back. Huh. Yeah, couldn't couldn't wait to actually get back in that in the business. So, um, ham. So does he know Ugg? I've always wanted to meet Ugg. He doesn't. He does not know it. He's oh. never met him. Hmm. They were not on. That's they were f- never on set at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that. That's two banging sponsors. Yeah, we're, Sponsor we're killing it. Content. We don't have a message this week, unfortunately. Mm. I thought you were working on one for us. I was working on one, but it didn't come through. Okay. So what else you got for me, Kush? Oh God, I have nothing. Um. All right. Yeah, what do you have for me? What, um, you, what have you done for me lately, Michael? <laughs> Can we talk about brains? I would love to. I love brains. 
What about famous brains? How do you feel about those? Eh, a little less interested, but mm. I'm, I'm still on board. Did you know that apparently it's completely normal, or at least it was in the past, for the people doing the autopsies of famous people to just take the brains? Just like souvenirs? Yeah, like, just, like is- hang, just like hang, hang on to them for a little bit? This is mine now. I mean, <laughs> I don't. It doesn't seem right, right? Like, that's it my brain. You can't just right, have it. But it's also just like, I guess I'm not using it. So go for it, I guess. Yeah. So, hmm. So when I, I mean, Undertakers have a pretty long history of stealing, like, stuff from people, like, yeah, organs like and whatnot. And stuff, right? Well, watches, but also, I mean, like, who is da, da Vinci? Was he doing like the first autopsies? Like, he, I mean, who was that? He stole he stole bodies from people. Uh, well, you know, he was trying to learn things. Hold on, I need to fact check myself real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're doing that, um, so Dr. Thomas Harvey was the pathologist who performed Albert Einstein's autopsy in uh, 1955, and he just kept a brain in the ga- in a glass jar in his office. Um and apparently people would come and visit him and he would just slice off a little a little piece. So he would give nuggets of brains yeah. to yeah, people. Yeah, he would just be like, "Hey, you want some you want some Einstein brain? Want some you want some Einstein nuggets? Let me let me slice you off a piece of this some of this uh, knowledge from Einstein that you you literally have no idea how to get, but one day you could just take this little slice." How many of those people, do you think ate his brain for power? A hundred and ten percent of them. Because how many of those people do you think fried all the good brain parts out of it? Yeah, first? see, when you cook it, you lose all the nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's like that scene in Game of Thrones where Danny has to eat the heart of the mayor to gain his powers. Mm-hmm. If she had cooked it, she would have been thrown out. You can't cook it. You can't, you can't cook the cook it. You can't cook that good brain meat. Wow, that's so buck wild. So. Someone took Einstein's brain. Yeah, the guy who did it and then took gave Einstein. souvenirs. And he didn't. He didn't tell anyone either. And so they cremated Einstein the the next day, but they didn't know that his brain was missing until later. And the guy's like, "Yeah, no, I, I kept that shit though. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep this thing." I think so. Somebody said, I think he had hoped to make a name for himself in medicine in a way that had been unable to do. And then he comes to work one morning and finds Albert Einstein on the autopsy table. Um, apparently, you, Albert Einstein's son was pretty mad about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Can you imagine just coming into work and just like, imagine if you came into work and like Ric Flair was on your table, just. <laughs> Who's your gonna curate my snacks, Gush? It's <laughs> your, your engineering job. Ric Flair was just like, "What's up? <laughs> You're working on me today." I'm I'm doing autopsies now. Uh, there's no one else to do it, so I came to you. I don't know why I'm being autopsied, even though I'm still. Oh, now I'm dead. I just died. Please break off a piece of my good brain for your friend and mine, mm-hmm. Michael Cushing. Also, break off a bunch of pieces to sell in my Nature Boy box. It's the highest protein you can imagine. Ooh. Rick Ric Flair's good brain. Woo! Um, Michael, actually, um, so do you want to, uh, we can finish this. I actually did just get a message from Jen Morton about uh, a message to Andrew. Oh. Well, we can just cut it back in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Okay. What are we calling this segment? 
I mean, it's still sponsored content. Oh, this is sponsored content? Okay. Oh, no, so no, no, so sorry. Um, with our first first ever sliding into your DMs, <laughs> message from our good friend Jen to our friend Andrew, my former roommate, to my beloved Andrew. I miss the days when we lived together and hung, hung out listening to Motown. No one dances like you. I learned all my best moves from you. Even though I'm far away in Shanghai, I think of you often. Love, Iron Man Frankenstein. Oh, sorry, this wasn't from Jen. It was actually from Jen's dog oh yeah that makes sense who is Jen actually hates one of the... andrew so uh, i was wondering why she would send such a nice note that's a good point yeah. yeah and actually to be fair i actually did teach frank all of his moves because mm. frank does have jello for bones and joints um he is one of the best dogs to make dance and I did that whenever I got drunk. And Frank he loved is, it. Frank is one of my favorite dogs I've ever seen in my life. He is the best dog on the planet. Oh, Andrew, you're great, too. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? And I don't know, whatever. Frank is awesome, though. Frank's great. <laughs> and Andrew, everyone loves you. And I will say, I did have the the pleasure of witnessing uh, Andrew go head-to-head in a dance battle with our, our, uh, our friend Max down in Gainesville one time. We were at a karaoke night. And Max is a very svelte, like, attractive-looking Frenchman who has prides himself on his dancing. And I remember looking, like, watching them dance, and Andrew was just going to town. And Max looked over at Andrew (laughs) and saw how just delightful Andrew was, like a a dolphin skipping through the waves. And Max started dancing harder and just couldn't couldn't keep up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think it was one of his most shameful moments. I saw the defeat in his eyes. You know why? What's that? Max was dancing for competition. Mm-hmm. He was, was dancing kinda... for the for the fame and adulation that comes it... from being a good dancer. Andrew was dancing out of pure love, love of, the game. of the game. Oh, <laughs> just pure love and joy and mm-hmm. dance. Yep. And that's that's why Andrew won because he has that in his heart. Just a song. You, I mean, you you can't dance. You can't dance for the for the fame. Mm-mm. No. You gotta dance because it's deep within your soul. Because the music is in your bones. Exactly. The music is in your brain. The music is in <laughs> your brain. And one day I will slice it out of you and eat it. <laughs> That's just sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, Albert Einstein was actually a notoriously good dancer. Um, People don't know that about yeah. him. He actually invented the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> that motherfucker. Yeah, sorry. What a terrible fucking dance. I mean, everyone thinks his most like enduring legacy is the theory of relativity or some shit no no one knows that literally every fucking asshole on the planet knows the cupid shuffle it's a good point and that's albert einstein surprised you didn't know that i mean do you think that his knowledge and his insight into kind of the makings of the universe allowed him to come up with the dance moves i think it's more that he was actually trying to create a singularity of pure energy. Yes. And by making, eventually, everyone will be doing the Cupid Shuffle and hating it. And the pure rage that we generate as a people will create a singularity, thus proving all of Einstein's deepest, darkest like theories. Because we'll still not know why we're doing the goddamn Cupid Shuffle, but everyone keeps doing it. Doing it. At every fucking... What I banned... I banned all of those stupid ass songs from my wedding. Here, here's here's why people keep doing it. Here's why people keep dancing to it because they're DJs white. Are fucking lazy. Oh yeah, that too. Uh, actually, speaking of our friend Jen, 
We once took over the DJ booth at our friend Lauren's wedding because he was so bad. <laughs> and played the keep it shuffle, I think, twice somehow. Mm, in a row? <laughs> Maybe. Like, oh, people didn't get enough of that. Let me let me double up. <laughs> well, Michael, you got any fun stories for me? Well, speaking of brains. <laughs> Back to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that JFK's brain was also missing? Wait, missing? It's missing. Or did someone slice a, a couple of nuggies out no, of it? No, apparently it was removed well, during well, to his... to be fair, I think someone did slice a couple of nuggies out <laughs> some, right. some bodies, some bodies, uh, known as bullets, sliced a little bit out of his brain. I'm sad you missed my all-star joke there. Oh, man, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's, wait, cut it out. <laughs> Just edit it out. I just said once told me after you said somebody's. <laughs> Somebody. Um, anyway, so they removed his brain and they mm-hmm. put it in the National Archives to store it, which I guess a brain is kind of like an archive. Paper. If you think it's about kind it. of like kind of like a good document. We just don't know how to read it yet, Michael. Exactly. Science is not yet advanced to the point where I can read your good brain. I mean, the brain is actually the best archivist archivist i don't know how to say words archivist archivist it's archivist yeah (laughs) i said both because fuck you (laughs) (laughs) um well so apparently it went missing from the national archives and no one knows where it is you know who i know knows where it is Hmm. nicholas cage oh Actually, I was at the National Archives a couple, uh, I guess a month and a half ago. How I was there for the Army 10-miler. Oh, well, I it was closed because I was there on a Sunday, um, which apparently I don't want to look at the Declaration of Independence on a Sunday. Sure. Um, but I did the Lord's stand out. Day. It's not time for Declaration of Independence. That's Everyone fair. knows about the separation of church and state. Gosh. But I did stand outside in the sculpture garden looking at the National Archives and said, I'm going to steal JFK's brain. Not knowing that it had already it's been done. Already, yeah. It's already gone, what sorry. Kind, what kind of money do you think is in JFK's brain? Because I know, like, you know, people, they, they make movies about trying to steal, like, the crown jewels or the Thomas Crown Affair, the painting of the Thomas Crown Affair that they were stolen, <laughs> the Thomas Crown Affair. I didn't see that movie. I don't really know what it's about. Um, it's but. a Buck Wild movie. <laughs> <laughs> it It's like one of those movies that... I think tries to do like the big Ocean's Eleven type heist where like you go back and you're like, oh, I don't know exactly what happened, except none of it makes any sense. But they got Rene Russo instead but, of, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. but it's great. Highly yeah. recommended. All right. I mean, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> All I remember is the the uh, scene of Pierce Brosnan like power sliding under like a a security wall with a painting, which mm-hmm. I assume was the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, that's, that's it was painted by Thomas Crown. It was the Thomas Crown Affair, which isn't actually a painting of the Thomas Crown Affair. It was it's, a painting of two teens having sex, and the boy was wearing mm-hmm. a Mrs. Claus costume. Right. Yeah. Thomas Pretty Crown cla- is the father. Pretty classic art mm-hmm. when you get down to it. I feel like there should be more money in brains of famous people than there is of paintings because like van gogh made hundreds or thousands of paintings and so like one painting yeah i mean it's a great painting but it's still one of many that he made yeah i mean it's like 
eventually Banksy's won't be worth shit because right. he keeps making them. But Banksy's brain, there's only one of those. Yeah. Albert Einstein's brain, there's only one. Yeah. And again, though, Michael, did you see Get Out? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know what those creepy white folk were getting up to with <laughs> brains? How many people would be buying these brains, again, just to eat them and absorb their good power? A hundred percent. I yeah. got to imagine anyone who is shelling out good money for a brain is at least eating a little piece of it. Because, I mean, it's not a d- display piece. Like, if if I walked into your house and you had a brain in a glass jar just floating. You're calling the police. I'm calling the police. Yeah. Unless I give you a little tasty taste of this brain. Yeah, then do I absorb its good power? Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm calling the police, but I am leaving also. <laughs> and even if it was like, you're my very good friend. We've known each other for years. And like, maybe it's not on like on the mantelpiece or in like uh, in the foyer on a, in a nice cl- in a nice case, because then I would leave. But like after years of knowing you, you're like, hey, I need to show you something. I have Roald Dahl's brain. And I was like, well, I do want to I do want to write some cool kids books. I need a taste of that brain. <laughs> this is awkward. Oh, God. Kush, because you're coming up this weekend. Yeah. And it is your birthday. Probably and you are moving to a new house. So everything's coming out of storage. The day, oh, yeah, I had taken Nicolas Cage's brain. He's still alive. I, oh, that explains a lot of movies. Yeah, though. see, it's that's my fault. Why was he in Left Behind? You took his okay, brain. Okay, I only took half of it. He said I could. <laughs> what? Did he owe you money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it. It actually is a. It's really classy the way I display it. It's. Have you ever seen a lava lamp? Yeah, I have it's one like, on my desk at work. It's like that, and where his his brain parts are just floating in a very classy suspension. It's, there's a lot of colors, and I thought you would really like it. Is there a lot of heat involved? Because now I think you're, again, Michael, getting dangerous cloak to fry no, out the good brain no, no, parts. No, 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 The okay. brain, actually, it's great. It floats without heat. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't congeal back together when it's at room temperature. It's it's okay. It's okay. Thank God, because yeah. I might want a little nibble. Right? And, you know, <laughs> I thought we would enjoy it together over a fine <sighs> bourbon and, and a little charcuterie of... Of brain pieces, you know? I mean, I think technically we need to have it with a nice Chianti, Michael. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Anyways. We've talked a lot about cannibalism. Technically. Technically cannibalism on this show, Michael. This episode has gotten... Taking us to some pretty buckwild places. Look, you brought up the eating of brains. Because that's what people would do. That's, that's what rich people would do if they're going to buy a fucking brain. Of course they're going to eat it for its good power. Oh, that's a good point. If they're going to pay gnomes to live in their garden, then they're definitely going to eat brains. And the reason, the only reason they didn't, they paid gnome and like druid people to live in their garden is because they couldn't pay them to eat them. Because it was probably illegal by the 17 or 1800s. Probably. I don't, I don't think so. I don't. Do you want to talk about slang terms for vagina and penis? Should we save that? We should save it because, again, there are 200 years of pretty fucking mm. good buck wild slang terms. All right, we should save it. Including one for penis, uh, which I think is just so presumptuous. 
It's it's from like the 1870s, and it's just called Aaron's Rod. <laughs> Somehow got that that just got like circulating in common usage. Some fucking dude named Aaron was just like Aaron's Rod. That's what everyone needs to call penises now. And it's- more power to him. Good for him. Good for Aaron. Good for Aaron for getting that in the lexicon. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you know me. I've been trying. I've been so tuna restless about getting tuna restless in there. I haven't oh, done it, man. And you know what? He's done it. He did it. He did it. And now I just did. I I, I reinserted Aaron's rod into the conversation, mm. just like he always wanted me to. We need to get Damn. Aaron's brain. Oh, nibble, I don't want- nibble a little bit of it and figure out how to get tuna restless up in there. Mm. Yeah, what did you do? Tell me your secrets. Also, tell me what sort of secret snacks The Undertaker baked for, for Ric Flair. That's all I want to know. Well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts or an FML for me? Sure. I have an FML for you. Sweet. Today, I actually slipped on a banana peel, cartoon style, breaking my kneecap and dislocating my hip. I will never hear the end of this. FML. What the fuck? That actually happened. Can you, They're not that slippery. Can you imagine? Like, what no. would you tell people if that's how you got hurt? Would you tell them that that was how you got hurt? <laughs> I want my first immediate thing was absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, fuck yeah, of course I would. I would tell everybody. Right? I would tell everyone that I got I got Mario carded. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> yeah, like there's no chance in hell that I would not. Like, and I would probably start throwing banana peels at everybody I saw. I didn't think that was actually possible, though. They don't seem that slippery. <laughs> so I I don't follow wrestling very much, but mm-hmm. I do follow people who follow it. And every once in a while, there's this... And I actually started following this account called like Wrestling Gifts or something like that, or Old Wrestling Gifts. Okay. And there was this one, a guy, he gets... Knocked on his ass, and the guy goes to bounce off the ropes to do like, um, like a thing where he's gonna like kick him in the face or some shit. And as the guy's going to the ropes, the guy pulls out a banana peel and puts it on his face. And the guy <laughs> comes off the ropes and goes to stomp on his face and slips and falls on the <laughs> banana peel. <laughs> and it's quite possibly the best thing I've ever seen in my life. That's that's a great A comedy entertainment. Right? I used to love wrestling when I was a kid. I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. And then uh, our buddy, uh, buddy's Matt sent me a clip of these three just chuckleheads <laughs> like doing something with The Rock. And it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I got turned off of wrestling when my dad took me to an event at the Sundome in Tampa. And I think a guy died. What? Yeah, there was like, a, I don't remember who the big fat dude used to be. It was like called like the Hurricane or tornado the, or yeah the one shit. big fat dude in he was like it was like wrestling. 400 yeah. pounds and he did this like leg drop on this smaller dude's neck and then all of a sudden everyone just stopped doing what they were doing and ambulances came out and they stabilized the guy and had to take him out and i was like i don't think this is part of the show anymore this can't be part of it no uh that turned me off a little bit from wrestling seeing that as a as a young young seven yeah, I get eight that. year old Man, that is so, so that just reminds me of the power team. I don't know if you remember the power team. I do not remember the power team. It might have been a more of a Christian school thing. <laughs> oh, I, uh, wait, were they Christian wrestlers? They weren't wrestlers, oh. but they would do like feats of strength and shit that like looking like 
with the power of God behind them, which like looking back, I know physics and like it was like dudes who would like rip a phone book in half or like so they would lay on a bed of nails with a block of ice on their chest and then someone break the block of ice with a sledgehammer through the power of Christ or because, you know, physics. Uh, but it was shit like that. And like, at the time I was like, man, these guys rule. And they were like, they were built like nineties wrestlers and like dressed like nineties wrestlers. It's pretty fucking great. There has to be, there has to be a WWE for Christians, right? Uh, probably. Like there (laughs) has to be one where they just like power of Christ compels you and like fucking elbow drop. I would, I would more assume Christ's elbow. I would more assume that there's like a like uber evangelical Christian like wrestler who uses the power like <laughs> probably not the heel obviously um, in most things but I assume there's some wrestler who like channels the divinity of the, the good Lord beef is Christ <laughs> 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 to defeat his enemies. Yeah, but they, we already had that. It was Randy the Macho Man Savage just clearly clearly That's filled true. that role. Man. All right, rest in peace, our sweet Lord and Savior, Randy. Snap into a slim gym. Well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, and if you want to, send us a message to a friend or loved one or just to Michael or I to read on the show. Uh, you can reach us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read every single message, and uh, we would love to read a message from you to a dear friend or loved one or worst enemy. I don't really care. I will read it. Um, so you can reach us there. Uh, and uh, if you like this show, you probably will also like our other show, the name I forgot, uh, which is <laughs> Longest called Days Longest Days of Our, days of our lives. lives. Yeah, that show. Nailed it. Uh, Michael and I and our friend Curtis watch every single episode of the hit show 24. Uh, we break it down minute by minute and pretty much just goof on all of the very, very bad acting that goes on in that show. Uh, so even if you've never seen that show, if you like us uh, two morons talking about dumb Internet stuff, you'd probably like that one. So, uh, you know, check it out. Give it a listen. And uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Yeah, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps. Um, and when you do find us on one of those apps, please subscribe, like, um, give us a thumbs up or a star or whatever the hell they have on there. Um, and, you know, if you have a few minutes and you really like us, uh, give us a, a review. Um, that is the best way to let other people know that, you know, we're cool and to move us up the charts and... Um, you know, kind of get us on on the the cool people lists for podcasts. Um, I do want to be on that list, right? Because they always have like hot and trending podcasts on on Apple and shit. And like, I feel like we're hot, but not trending. Not trending yet. And, and I, I I can't stress this enough. I do want to rent a druid Ooh, for yes. my apartment, yeah. and I can't do that when we're at like number three. Three million nine hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah, we need to get at least to like one million four hundred seventy-two thousand six hundred seventy-four point three. Yeah, and that's not scientific, but pretty close. Pre- nailed it. Um, <laughs> you can also uh, follow us on Twitter, um, Facebook, and uh, Instagram at tilpcast. Um, I have started. Uh, putting up some some of uh, the pictures that we share with each other um, during the show. I've started putting those up on, on Instagram. So um, 
you know, check those out if you are very interested in, in what we're showing each other. I'll try not to post too many of the really awful gross ones that I make Kush look at, but I make no promises. Yeah, mostly because they're against the Instagram terms of service. Um, I will say Michael posted a picture of me and Sora on my road trip back, and I got the alert on my phone, and I saw this picture on, and I was like, because it gave me like the preview, like grayed out, like the Android notification. I was like, who the fuck posted this? Like, what what sort of Instagram wizardry just happened? It, it took just, me way too long to realize that you did it. Yeah, there's there's another person who can do these things? Damn it. That I, you know, I mean, you are the social media director of Good Buddy Media. Yeah, um, well, yeah, that good job that I do all so, the time. <laughs> so, but I mean, I thought it was just a perfect picture. You actually sent that while you were listening, I think, to the Gator game mm-hmm. uh, as a, well, this is a thing that's happening because yeah, that's how all, we all feel all, about the Gators now. But it's it was all just, going on. It was like the perfect road trip picture. It was, yeah, just angry. <laughs> Well, Michael, I think that's going to do for us. Uh, you want a closing shower thought? Uh, always. All right. This is from Jordan underscore Jer- Jordan Burke underscore on Twitter. You ever wonder how many fucking miles we've scrolled with our thumbs? Hashtag shower thoughts. Oof. Thumbs and fingers on the on the mices. And actually, it, it struck me because I've been scrolling through my Twitter timeline for about five minutes, just mm-hmm. trying to be silent so I don't get those good clickies. Uh, and I saw this. I was like, it's got to be this one. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. Well, Michael, it's been lovely speaking with you. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Toodles. Toodles.